Welcome listeners back to Yeah Aha with Lisa and our co-host Aaron. This week we're talking with Dave Rosenberg. Writer, writer, director, not director, not the director. He didn't direct. But the writer, star, and I'm assuming producer? Correct. Okay, and the movie called The Reunion. So let's talk about The Reunion. Great. Yeah. So we we watched the film uh, last weekend. We watched it twice. We went through it, uh, and uh, it was a good thing we did. We almost needed to because uh, the first pass um, when we started, you know, when we watched the film, we noticed there was a lot of symbolism, and we tried mm-hmm. to piece things together. There there, there was a main storyline that uh, went back to your adolescence, something that occurred back when you were a kid, and. Um, then uh, but with some of these symbolism we had trouble putting together everything at the first time through so um uh, yeah so it's so the second time that, that we we watched it uh, we picked up on a few more things and came together with a pretty cohesive i guess comprehensive uh idea of the film so i really enjoyed it right off the top i just like yeah to thank you it. yeah it was kind of a thinking movie and i watched your demo reel which I think has has more of the movie in it than the trailer, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be yes. honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I first wanted to say that uh, all dogs speak Spanish. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the other, the only other note I could, you know, come up with gleaning from only the trailers. Some um, I was thinking of the angel on one shoulder and devil on the other, and then I saw the yin yang tattoo. And uh, the aggressive cop is kind of like the Yang and the guy advising him on the way of the peaceful warrior is sort of the yin, or at least the Confucian okay. version. But that's the, that's the symbolism that I picked up on. Yeah. Well done. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about it. It takes place mm-hmm. in New York City. And mm-hmm. so that's no coincidence, right? You are a native New Yorker, right? Yep. Yep. Born in Brooklyn, um, grew up in Long Island, and then I lived in the city for about 15 years um, around the time that I was started writing this in 2002. Yeah. And I was living by wow. Union Square. Yeah. 20 years. I don't hear the accent at all. My my sister-in-law was from uh, like Ronkonkoma. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think you're just making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> just like to inject a little humor there, a little hey. you know, sound effect. Hey. But... <laughs> The, uh, Ooga. So not only New York, but this, this takes place right mm-hmm. around, because you said Washington Park. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, action takes place there, right? Yeah, I mean, primarily Union Square, um, but also Washington Square, which are also kind of a yin-yang with Union Square kind of being the light and Washington Square kind of being the, the darker. Um, mm. Union Square is a very, like, it's a very new, uh, uh, sort of new age type of uh, scene a lot of yoga studios around and there's just a sort of a light vibe to it. And that's where I started writing this when I was on a spiritual journey in Union Square around 2002. I had just come off of a play where I went up on my line similar to in the film and I was reading books by Deepak Chopra and I was reading Celestine Prophecy and experiencing all these wild coincidences and just kind of floating on a pink cloud when I ran into my nemesis from childhood and it, it freaked me out. And so I told two of my buddies, Din and Andrea, who are both in the movie, Din, Din, who is the yin. And Din said, you have to write about this. And Andrea said, you have to confront this guy because he's been haunting you and he's going to haunt you for the rest of your life if you don't confront this. And that's kind of how this began. Okay. So it's very autobiographical then, right? It is very much so. I mean, it's, a, it's an exaggeration of things that happen in real life. And it's an exaggeration of, of, you know, my life to a certain degree, but it definitely, a lot of this happened. Right. So... There's, uh, I want to mention there are some star power in it. I noticed uh, the comedian Jim Norton in one of the opening scenes in the yoga studio. You mentioned the yoga studios. And, and also there was awesome. Ann, Austin Pendleton, mm-hmm. uh, who was the uh, stuttering lawyer in um, My Cousin Vinny, among many other things. Yeah. Really funny guy. Yeah, we've yep. seen him and, and, and always enjoyed his work. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, we know that you were friends with uh, Andrea, right? Andrea, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, you're uh, the guy who played uh, Danny. Oh, Din? Din, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but how did the rest of the casting kind of uh, go about? 
I mean, I knew a lot of the people, you know, a lot of people I went to school with at HB Studio. Uh, so my buddy Jim, not Jim Norton, but my buddy Jim Todd, who plays like the Geico guy. And um, Austin was my mentor for like seven or eight years at, at HB Studio. So I wrote the part for him and, you know, I was lucky enough to have him play it. Jim Norton was somebody that I knew in New York. And so I asked him, you know, basically as a favor. And he he said yes. And he was wonderful. And and then we had a bunch, you know, Barbara Eddie Young, who, you know, she was in Serpico with Al Pacino. She's somebody that I acted with in New York. And so she, she played my mom in it. But a lot of people, we just, we cast, you know what I mean? We had a casting session. This was before quarantine, before COVID, like just before COVID, about six months before. Um, so we, you know, had casting sessions and we got tapes from people and just went the traditional casting route. Yeah. That's, I, 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 I liked, uh, I liked a lot of the, uh, the, the quotes that uh, Andrea made. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm also a big fan of like Al Pacino, you know, mm-hmm. like Dog Day Afternoon, The Godfather, mm-hmm. Gwen Gary, Gwen Ross, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a point in the movie I don't say I won't say when because it might reveal too much, but he made the comparison that um, people don't really idolize. They don't want to be Al Pacino. They want to be Michael Corleone. You know, they don't want to be mm-hmm. Al Pacino. They want to be um, Serpico. Well, he was basically saying he wanted to be a cop. You know, he thought he wanted to be an actor. You yeah. know, he came to New York yeah. to be an actor. And but you're the best. And you're the best actor he's ever known. That's what he says. To something like that. He said, you're, you know, you're the actor that I, I can never be. Right. You were born to be an actor. I was, I was born to be a cop. You know, basically that everybody has their own path. You know, and it's about finding your own path. And, you know, Mark, the, the character who uh, the Geico character says at one point, you know, you know, I just fit the suit. I got this part on Broadway and I'm just, I do commercials, but I, I fit the suit. And so they cast me and, you know, I think there's, there's something to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, we've heard that before. I mean, even back in uh, like black and white movies, I was watching a movie starring somebody I can't remember right now, mm-hmm. but yeah, they said that, well, you fit the outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even the yeah, Flintstones did that. Fred Flintstone fit in the, uh, Godzilla, co- the monster costume. <laughs> oh, you fit in the outfit. Right. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned the Flintstones. Remember Gazoo? Harvey Corman. Yeah. Bad Gazoo. Oh, yeah. Good Gazoo and Bad Gazoo. Forgot <laughs> about that. The bad Gazoo. I forgot about the yin yang of the Gazoos. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a yin yang kind of nod, too. The red and blue half and half. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of always how I, you know, saw this movie was, you know, in terms of like, you know, having to confront a fear or confront the situation and, and how do you do it? You do it through force, right? Like we're seeing in Russia mm-hmm. right now, or, or do you, you know, or do you uh, have acceptance and peace and, and go sort of the spiritual route? And that's, that's the question that we had a lot of fun exploring because there's no real right answer. It's all in degrees. It's all situational. It's all experiential. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of fun exploring that. The right answer might be different for different people in different situations. Yeah, I really felt like the uh, the the whole like makeover was like a, a switch from yin to yang, um, and so I felt like the character you had to find a balance between the yin and the yang at the end, mm-hmm. um, especially after you uh, grow, grow your hair mid length. Was the character <laughs> Andy? Andy, yeah. especially after Andy kind of was pushing toward that, but I don't think Andy was actually pushing towards violence. I thought Andy was pushing you in a in a physical way so that you would feel strong enough to confront your bully. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And when I bring up Russia, I don't mean to say that Andy was the Russia. Oh, that's no, the extreme. No, no, I didn't think that. right. Yeah, that's that's sort of the extreme of it. And each side has its extreme, you know. Right. Din's side has its extreme too of being too passive. And where you see Ricky in the beginning is he's just checked out of life to a certain degree, depending oh, yeah. on your perspective. You know? yeah, yeah, you know. So, no, it's a good it's a good point. Yeah, and I think at some point, you know, it's also something to like. At some point, you just got to start talking about stuff, and you got to just dive into to life. There's a great right. quote by Theodore Roosevelt about being in the arena. You know, I'm a middle school teacher, so, you know, I'm in the arena all day, every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I make a lot of mistakes and a lot of imperfections and, and all that. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're in the arena of life. And I think Ricky had to go through that, just kind of diving in. Yeah. Which middle school do you teach at? Um, it's it's called Morks. It's um, it's uh, in like near Koreatown area. Okay. So it, it's a charter school, middle school. Got it. Yeah, that's a, it's a brave job. Uh, we know, uh, actually, we know two other middle school teachers. So yeah, we, we've had several middle school teachers on. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
Uh, yeah. Jeff Damari, who does uh, music and uh, and um, uh, well, everybody I work with has a wife who's a middle school mm-hmm. teacher. Uh, is Bill Allen middle school or high school? Bill middle yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, that's what the, that's the name I was reaching for. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I was trying to help uh, you out there. Yeah. Jeff and Bill, uh, and they're both middle school, middle school teachers, and they both also have like really diverse interests. Mm-hmm. And, and like you do, you're doing something else at the same time. You're not just a te- you know, being a teacher. And maybe that is a, a you know, I, I just wonder, you know, if that's not like a middle school teacher criteria. <laughs> well, do, you have to, do you have to have a second? Do you have to have a side hustle? <laughs> yeah, something else that, that keeps you going. Well, I will say that before I... I will say before that I before I decided to do the movie, I, I felt like I was just sort of bitter, you know, like I had given up this dream and I was teaching and it was fulfilling to a certain degree and it was grounding and, and all that stuff. And, and I did enjoy it, but I did feel like I was getting bitter. And I had two girls in, in my class two years in a row who said, Mr. Why are you here? Why are you not out acting or on some red carpet somewhere? You're always talking about it. And that was really the the impetus for me to, to go do this was that sense of I don't want to be 85 years old and, and have and have regrets. Say, hey, we could have done it, but we didn't do it. Good yeah. for you. Good for them. Yeah. I thought the good on them. Good for you. <laughs> I thought the dialogue in the movie was really fluid. Mm-hmm. I like the way that Andy and Danny kind of, you know, they were on opposite sides of you. And, and then Andy would... Uh, taught Danny a little bit sometimes every once in a while I thought that was good but it was really mm-hmm. well written and funny at times mm-hmm. so um thank you that's always the case with with uh you know um mm-hmm. who, did you wrote the script I did yeah 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 so one, one of the main reasons we rewatched the movie was the uh we, we completely missed the symbolisms of some of it and then mm-hmm. especially the red jacket Right mm-hmm. yeah. towards the end, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was very interesting. And I mean, it was like, wow, like coincidence, but you know, kismet, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that the makeovers, even the smallest one of putting the red jacket on, which is sort mm-hmm. of a makeover, helped mm-hmm. move the character, i.e., you, to the place he needed to go. Each makeover was a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's going, from, you know, being on this spiritual journey to coming back to life and coming back to himself, you know, and yeah. the, the red jacket sort of symbolizes his acting, you know, that was past and coming yeah. back to him. And, uh, and and just as a female, I want, you know, I really liked the make the first makeover uh, uh, much more um, attractive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, now that's a guy I could date. But, <laughs> you know, I had an ex-girlfriend who said that to me, by the way, yeah. an ex-girlfriend who said I wouldn't, I had an ex-girlfriend who said, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have dated you in, in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, sorry. It just, he wasn't. And also, I mean, there was the personality thing that the, the sleepiness, the, the, mm-hmm. the you know, that whatever it is that was going mm-hmm. on, it was more than just, um, Buddha, Buddhism and, 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 and gentleness that somehow and that was just not yeah you did a good job of making that character somewhat unattractive <laughs> okay even if it well, was intentional yeah i don't think he was uh you know in 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 a place that, that he was uh trying to pick up women although he does eventually he was well, just yeah, in, but, he was he was dating god at the time yeah right. but it, you know he, he kind of had he, he, it was after he got the reunion notice and that he mm-hmm. did start talking to the girl, mm-hmm. the woman, the mm-hmm. Hola, her dog anyway. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a pickup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why people, that's why guys go to dog parks or, or take babies on walks. Or get dogs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although I, yeah, I just want a dog as a dog. Yeah. 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 So, um, some of these uh, sequences that you would have, you know, why why were you sticking your hands into a, ba- a, a barrel pile? <laughs> this yeah. is rite of passage, right? So he's uh, 
you know, he tokes up a little bit and it smokes a little, a little pot. So, you know, he, he kind of goes into a little bit of a, of another world, you know, and this is his going down into, down into the darkness, you know, the dark night of the soul. And so there was some symbolism from some, from some things I've read, some things I've experienced like sweat lodges and men's groups and such. And, you know, they say it's really important, you know, as a young man to go through it with, with older men, you know, not just with men of, of your same age, you know, being Danny and Andy, your friends, your peers, but with older men. And, and here you had an older, you know, an African man and a native American man. So I think they brought, you know, sort of an old traditional tribalism when there were rites of passage with men that we don't have today. Um, and like you know, shamans. Passage or, you know, bar mitzvahs or what have you. Maybe going off to war if you go off to war. Um, but this was, you know, an opportunity for him to really go through a rite of passage to be ready for the reunion. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I had a question about Natalie. This may seem like an obvious question to some, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. What did Natalie mean to you at that dinner? And, and Lisa accuses me of reading too much into stuff. Mean to the character or mean to him? I mean, no, 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 no. I'm no. building up. The question is, what did she mean when she said that you were thinking linear, in a linear way, in a linear way? What was that? What did she mean by that? Oh, yeah. Well, she said that. And then, and then Danny said that, too. She was, you know, basically, Andrea was saying, you met that you saw this guy, right? And so linearly you need to confront this guy right mm-hmm. it's like a plus b equals c so you saw the guy and you need to confront him they're saying no you don't necessarily need to confront him you know you need to look into yourself right that it's not just because you saw him doesn't mean that you have to confront him right this you need to go inside and confront confront yourself yeah be more yeah. approach it more from a spiritual or after abstract way right a more right a more abstract way yeah, yeah. exactly yeah but um uh, your 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 uh bully, let's mm-hmm. just say he was in a meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was I'm assuming a meeting about anger management. Could be. It's sort of a general therapy group. Okay. Yeah. So he's you know not I don't a business want to, meeting. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a therapy. Right. Group, let's say. Okay. Yeah. Group therapy. That's fine. Because mm-hmm. okay. that yeah we we kind of argued about that a little bit <laughs> yeah. not argued but it, uh the discussion got uh, debated it, it got warm argument wow. What's, what was the argument i'm curious yeah lay it on us it usually goes like uh oh wow did you notice that lisa well you're reading too much into that yeah mm. i'm just trying to create a discussion like, well, why it's don't an you management and then it's like why don't you wait till after the movie to have these discussions right <laughs> She's got a point there. And that's one of the reasons why. Do you, had do you pause when you ask? Because we watched it could. later in the it evening could, yeah. after there were a couple of beers. So and how do you, how do you feel about having your movie being paused? It's <laughs> <laughs> a filmmaker. Pause away. Discuss and enjoy the movie, and uh-huh. Lisa's not having. You know, she's just like short tempered. Well, and... It's a movie that makes you think. Right. I'm glad, I'm glad you're talking about so much it. that I was short tempered, but I wanted to keep up. And that mm-hmm. was hard to do when he was asking questions. I think it is a, a movie where you want to do some talking, I think. I mean, not in the theater. We're going to be in the theater tomorrow night. Oh, and, right. Yeah, not, not in the auditorium. Yeah. No, I, I got what he <laughs> Phil stands up. Can I get, can I have the lights, please? Everyone, do you think? <laughs> That's a good point. You know, I look at it differently mm-hmm. now. Like if we were in a theater, we couldn't obviously do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, unless there are people who are, you know, open to talking unfiltered. about the movie yeah. while you're watching mm-hmm. it. That's um, true. There was one time we you go to the last show of the night. You might be the only one in there. You could probably stand see, on a soapbox um, and rant. Yeah. We went to see one of the screen movies. I don't remember exactly which one it was. It might have been the <clears> first one. And we're in the theater. And the theater, I think there's like three other couples in the mm-hmm. theater and two guys come in and sit right in front of us mm-hmm. so we're like oh great were you in good yeah. seats it's kind of nice having space mm-hmm. well it turned out to be a great experience because they were willing to talk and i kind of like to talk too and it screamed so that we're not really having to pay attention to a whole lot right and uh and so i we enjoyed discussing it and trying to figure out who the bad guys were and mm-hmm. through the whole movie and it was cool and then yeah, it's diff- leaving, but it's different at home with Phil. It's the opposite. Right, right. For me, it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and, but you seemed okay with it. I mean, we weren't like all the whole movie. 
But yeah. it was just like once in a while we'd speculate. Yeah. And it right. wasn't until after the movie that and they stood <laughs> up that we realized that they had a baby with them. Oh wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's the reveal that's awesome. at the yeah. end. Well, with the reunion, we did have our little 10 minute, you know, uh-huh. controlled discussion about the yeah. film after that. And it got it the... got warm. Yeah. I wouldn't say heated. Oh good. I'm I'm but... glad it's eliciting a little bit of fire. Yeah. It Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, did for all of us. It definitely was a movie that wasn't just you know, it's a thinking film. Well, here's a here's an idea. I was overthinking it, I guess, mm-hmm. when I saw Travis and Natalie in the park. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I saw that feedback. Yeah, he took like ten steps and dropped it to the ground. I I thought that's got to be something. I said, you know, um, yeah, he's going to pick that up and look at it. There's going to be some pivotal piece of information on that you know and, really and it was know. just left there yeah yeah it's good that you picked that up that's something it, that's just the that was a mistake this is the actor just dropped the card oh, okay. <laughs> but i'm glad it makes you think it's made me think like even me i wrote it i'm thinking going why did you drop the card <laughs> no i was just saying that was the only take that we had that was our best take so we, we wanted to stick we could have edited and actually, we had one version where we okay. edited that. And I thought, no, we had, they had this brilliant shot. That's all one shot. We're not going to cut away. And so what? Sometimes people drop things. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a wonder. It was a great moment in, uh, what was it, uh, the Marlon Brandon? No, it was like, it which, was like a piece of which, paper, uh, a card. I forgot which Marlon Brandon movie it was. But there's a moment where I think the, the lady drops her glove. And he picks up the glove and puts it back on. And it's this beautiful cinematic moment that's historic. It was just an accident. She just, she just happened to drop it. He went with it. Yeah, it was the movie where he said, I want to be a contender. I could have been a contender. Yeah, oh, on the waterfront. waterfront. Yeah, yeah, on the waterfront. It, a lot of comedians will do that line from, you know, the Stella line <laughs> and, and stuff from that film. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So are, so are you a, a big fan? of? Obviously, you must be a big fan of movies, but I mean, are you like a movie geek? I mean, do you have a favorite producer? James Dean. James Dean, maybe? Yeah, oh. obviously. Do I have a favorite what? Just a uh, like Orson uh, Welles, you know James Dean. Who inspires you? Like a favorite oh, film oh, film yeah. person, a film he hero. Loves, I love Ed Wood. Yeah, either yeah. side of the camera. Yeah, um, the movie that that got me into acting was was Jerry Maguire, and uh, so so Jerry Maguire right. was the movie that got me into acting. But the movie that made me want to write uh, this movie was Goodwill Hunting. So really, was Matt Damon was kind of my idol. Um, and I, I've met him, I've seen him a few times and kind of been on this path. There's a moment in uh, The Departed where he, he's walking down the hall and I'm walking behind him and just metaphoric for me of just trying oh, to follow wow. the path. And I, I went up to him one time at a, on a set and I said, uh, I just want to let you know, you know thank you because Goodwill Hunting changed my life. And he mm-hmm. said, yeah, well, it changed mine too. <laughs> <laughs> James yeah, Dean is just more sort of iconic, you know, in that red jacket, even though it's a different generation. You know, we, we wanted to put it out there. You know, obviously older people are going to get it, the red jacket. You know, anybody who's over maybe 40 will probably get it. Um, mm-hmm. People under 40 might not, but, you know, get on Google, do a little research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah, just, it's yeah. iconic. It's an iconic, that red jacket, yeah. Rebel Without a Cause is sort of the iconic actor, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, it took the second viewing to realize it was the James, that was what was going I thought on. it was Travis mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah, and then I started to go back the first when watch it the first time. Then I'm going back and I'm like, well, where did he see a red jacket at any point previously? Yeah, in the film. So, so he's I, watching for the red jacket. And then I and mention this to Lisa, and she tells me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, did you of, did you know, figure out what the jacket was? Exactly. Well, the second I, time we listened to it, or yeah, the, the second, second time, time we watched, watched it, it, and yeah, yeah, then we picked it. You know, it's James Dean. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because now I'm thinking, I'm going, oh, no, was it not in there in the, before that moment? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah it was. We're just a little slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I did notice some uh, some stuff in common with like Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Just the slow descent into. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say insanity, but, but I mean, he, definitely. he's coming unhinged a little. The bit. pace, the yeah. movement. It was definitely, it was definitely one of the movies that we talked about. I mean, there was about twenty to thirty movies that I, that I was inspired by. You see little bits of it in in, in the movie. You see where you see Rocky and Karate Kid when they're when they're boxing, and then you kind of yeah. pan back and you see Dan. That's just that's Rocky meeting Karate Kid. You see Punch Drunk Love was definitely an influence, uh, but Taxi Driver for sure. And I saw it sort of as like Goodwill Hunting is the first half where you see the friends and the friends are together and they're bantering and all these things and building the relationship. 
And then sort of the hookah scene is kind of like halftime. It's like the middle of the movie where everybody, all the four characters kind of are together and you hear each one of their perspectives, you know, the four different archetypes. And then the second half is just taxi driver. It's just, you know, just go, just, you know what I mean? Right. Just, let's, let's take the wheels off and let's, let's roll. No mohawk. That doesn't make sense. Still. Let's put the wheels on and roll. No mohawk, but the, but yeah, right. there's definitely a hair transformation. Again, thinking too much, maybe. Uh-huh. But at one point, Ricky is told by his friend Chase or his former friend Chase mm-hmm. that the reason he got the ass kicking was because he was sleeping with girlfriend. Travis's girlfriend. So had Ricky ever thought about it that way before that? Because he seemed really surprised by that um, revelation. I think it was just, a, it was a misunderstanding into a, to a degree. I mean, they probably were broken up, but it was, you know, it's one of those gray area things where your buddy breaks up with somebody. You think, oh, there was six months ago. Maybe they weren't as friendly. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll go out there. I just, my ex just started dating my friend recently. <laughs> like, but I think it is, you, you know, the, what we, we, what's that? Did your friend like talk to you about this or? He talked to me after. He's like, hey, man, I don't I don't think I'm going to be able to go to your birthday party because I'm dating your ex. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but uh, um, I think, you know, the, the first five years or so of the of the film, of the script writing, it was really just about Ricky confronting the nemesis. That's what it was. It was a revenge tale. And the last 10 years or so, as I was sort of going through my own uh, journey, you know, of, of, of seeing myself you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that started to go into Ricky. And so it wasn't only about confronting Travis, it was about confronting himself and the things that he had done, which is the true spiritual journey. It's not just about meditating and floating on a pink cloud. It's about really understanding ourselves, you know, the dark and the light. So that was, I think, a realization. But he, he, as you know, and I don't want to say too much either, but there's moments of, there's levels of realization. Like maybe he got a little something, but then, you know, as you go on, he's getting more and more. You know, going through a, a compressed catharsis. Yes, catharsis. Now I do. Uh, I was muted when you were talking about your ex dating your uh, your friend. What's your relationship with your ex? I there mean, is no. It's okay. it's, it's so, ex. <laughs> hey, there are a lot of people who are friends with their. It's ex. past tense. Oh. True. Right. This is true. Who you know? There are a lot of people who can be friends with their exes. Well, why don't we take a break right here? Mm-hmm. for our sponsor and we'll be back with david Rosenberg. i think the only thing that i was going to add that wasn't already touched on is probably all the wolf symbolism we touched on it yeah it, uh natalie was reading mm-hmm. the girl who ran with wolves i think is what it was yeah. called yeah but there was a bunch of wolf beginning. things he, right. he saw wolves in his uh in yeah, his what wolf, wolf dreams and wolf visions and uh, then he was the wolf she revealed to him at the end. Right, uh, right. He wasn't really, you know. But she was totally stunned when she told him. That. Yeah. He never considered that before, you know. Yep. And he never considered. considered right. So yeah, he seems like you're busy. You're you're a busy man. <laughs> yeah, like I taught all day, and then I just taught the drama club for the last hour and a half. I love that. That's just a yeah. joy. Oh yeah, I can imagine how much fun that would be. So yeah. I think that's like kind of an after school um, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Twice a week. I've been doing yeah. that for six and a half years. Yeah. That's... So are you like the director? Yeah. They have shows. Yep. Do mm-hmm. they put on a yep. big show every year? Or yeah, we usually do twice a year, but this year we're doing we're just doing one one show at the end of the year. Okay. We tried to write a show, but that was just too hard, so we ended yeah. up doing yeah. a show that we've done before. <clears throat> So, have you ever seen what was that uh, that that show with uh, Michael Douglas on Netflix where he plays the acting teacher? That's a good show. Um, I did. Yeah, I saw one or two episodes. Kaminsky Method. Yeah, yeah. didn't really the like Kaminsky it. Method. Didn't click with you. Yeah. No. Um, what was it? The other one that we really liked is um, um, uh, the 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 murdery guy. Barry. 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 Yes. Yeah, that's that good. was good. He's an. Oh, actor. I heard. Yeah, I heard that was good. Yeah. 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 He. He he's trying uh, to quit. Bill Hader, a bear, um, Henry Winkley, Henry Bill Hader is Barry, the main character. Henry Winkler, Stephen. Um, yep, yeah. Henry Winkler is in it. Um, yeah. Then he and, killed um, the, well, uh, not, the guy that plays. There's a breakout star, the guy that plays NoHo Hank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so Aaron has seen the movie recently, so mm-hmm. we thought we'd get his 
yeah. questions? A yeah, bit? I, I think right. the only thing I wanted to kick in that we hadn't covered before was all the wolf symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. seems to be really, you know, deep and core to this movie. And wolf symbolizes what, loyalty and guardianship, I guess. But you had the evil and the good wolf struggling with each other. So you're back on the yin yang mm-hmm. thing again. Yeah. And that was where the uh, the one character was like, uh, it's a, you know, which wolf wins the one that you feed? Right. Yeah, right. The, exactly. The, yeah. And I yeah. think that's Native what American the character story. of Ricky, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the character of Ricky struggles with, you know, throughout the movie and throughout this journey is, you know, which way is he going to go? Is he going to go the way of peace and love and acceptance and forgiveness? Or is he going to go the way of, you know, violence and, um, you know, uh, physical confrontation. And that's, you know, it's something we go through all the time. I, I was reminded of it the other night with that whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, you know. I know, and, and, right? And really, yeah, that sort of male toxicity that people talk about and, and you know, how do you confront the situation, you know? And um, mm-hmm. it's very, it was very reminiscent to me of the film and the struggle that my character went through mm-hmm. and that and I've gone through as well. Yeah. yeah. I've thought that yeah. uh, it was it was tragic that uh, that happened right in front of the award for best documentary because we um, it was Summer of Soul which Aaron and I right. did and Lisa did an episode mm-hmm. on um, yeah great movie great mm-hmm. documentary yeah kind of stole yeah. some of the attention it's true from a lot of a lot of what, yeah a lot of people one amazing soundtrack <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely um, oh did they release a soundtrack album I wouldn't mind getting that I, think I don't know if they were. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I saw that they were they, going to. They, they at least just announced it or recently mm-hmm. if they haven't. Right. I know he wants to do uh, 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 the Roots. Uh, uh, what's his name? Questlove. He wants to do another film because they've got way more footage. Oh, yeah, nice. They're going to go, they're gonna yeah. go deeper. Yeah. On. They're going to they do have a, like over 60, uh, like, I don't know, 60 hours of footage. I think they're going to do a Sly in the Family Stone movie next. Okay. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure they'll now lean the heavily on that. And then plus, plus probably other footage that they have, I guess. I, I think it's going to be not just from the Harlem Cultural Festival, but I think it's going to be a full on Sly in the Family Stone documentary. Right. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, do you consider like the wolf? Do you have like a spirit animal and would it be the wolf? Yes, yeah. it's definitely the wolf. Yeah, I mean, I found it by way of, of this movie and this journey, and the, the nemesis was kind of the wolf to me. And it, it wasn't so much the, the loyalty piece. I mean, that's maybe the, the good wolf. It was yeah. really the, the fear and the anger and, and, uh, and the rage. That's, but, you know, came to sort of embrace that, that energy, and I think that's part of the journey. Yeah. So I wonder, do you have any uh, projects in motion right now, or other than with your students, of course, but I mean, do you have any uh, other film projects mm-hmm. that you're itching to do or uh, scripts? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm working on a, a short film with a, a friend of mine, terrific director, uh, my buddy Armin out here in L.A., and we're working on a web series as well um, with some friends uh, about a group of 40, 40, 50-somethings who are uh, in recovery and um and and also trying to kind of exist in the world and the balance between that it, it's a comedy it's kind of a seinfeld esque type, type comedy mm-hmm. um and then i have like four or five scripts that you know are, are in different stages of writing that i i would love to make at some point right now i did want to ask um and i and we didn't get to uh i you know you kind of started moving this film in 2002 what was the biggest obstacle to getting it uh to getting it to be a movie it's a great question. Um, God, it, you know, I mean, I would say practically it's the money, but I just, I think it's so much more, you know, I think the universe, God, I believe in God. I think God is involved. It just wasn't the timing at yeah. that time. I come from a family with money. So I, I probably, if right. I pushed hard enough, could have gotten some money, you know, for my family. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would have gotten what I got, but uh, it just wasn't the right timing. The script wasn't right. The script wasn't mm-hmm. ready. It's still, okay. you know, it still needed to be, you know, it needed to be, you know, that my character needed to sort of go into a place and I needed to go into a place of, um, you know, really understanding myself. Initially, it was just sort of a revenge tale and it, yeah. it became more of an understanding of, mm-hmm. you know, his own inner demons. So, yeah, it was yeah. the money, but it just wasn't the right time in, in 2000. It was really 2008 that we were trying to get it made. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. 
Because I know, uh, like, uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, talked about how hard it was. He worked for many years to get um, uh, Deadpool made. Mm-hmm. And uh, and finally, uh, someone, Ryan Reynolds has no idea who, um, released a trailer that they allowed him to make as like a, a, you know, to give an idea of what it would be like. And uh, all of a sudden, the fans were like, oh, yeah, where's this movie? When's it coming? Right. And he got to, you know, two years later, he's, it's in the theaters. Yeah. Right. So I was right. You know, yep. Right. And everything. Yeah. Or the, I and, think more like Seth cool Rogen is, and uh, oh. what's his friend, Adam, that, the one, the ones that made Adam Super McKay. Bad. Adam. Super uh, Bad was really good. Adam McKay is the one with uh, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. I think this is another Adam um, the the, oh. the, co- the he co-writes everything with Seth Rogen. Yeah, they had, yeah. They had Seth has a co-writer who's never on film. Yeah, but they, super bad. They'd been working on for like fifteen years or something crazy, mm-hmm. and you know, it finally got made and became a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if the the particular cast of Superbad wasn't that they if they didn't have you know the cast Jonah Hill and you know. Because I mean, he is—he was such a perfect young Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We hear yeah. that from a lot of yeah. authors. Come on, they'll, they'll talk about how they, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times their books are fifteen years in making. You know, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's, they've really, you know, they've rewritten it and laboriously, you know, mm-hmm. reconditioned it and added things, and, mm-hmm. and and then the second book comes out a year and a half later. And, <laughs> and the reason it's not as good is because, you know, they didn't cook it well yeah. enough. They didn't take the time yeah. to really mine it. It's like a fine right. wine. It takes time to it's, find, uh, find all yeah. the little details in, in the script. It yeah. takes time. There are very few sequels that are as good as, right. if not better than, it's true. you know, I mean, Godfather 2 yep. being the major exception. Yep. Um, so what are you most passionate about coming up? I mean, what are you... If you had to drop everything else, what would you work on? That's Can another great question. That's, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you an honest answer. Yes, honest yeah. question. It would be teaching. To be honest with you, right now, my, okay. my classroom. You know, I'm. I'm mm-hmm. probably gonna start teaching film uh, primarily next year, mm-hmm. and so I'm excited about that. Right now, I teach English. Oh yeah. Social. Um. So yeah, it's you know my kids are working on two films right now. We got a drama club show coming up, and. Mm-hmm. these kids just bring me so much life and enthusiasm and i you yeah. know they're the ones that need to create they're the ones that need to have their voice heard and and for me really in your element that that for the in that school if you look it looks mm-hmm. like you you know you're where you want yeah. to be yeah, yeah. i mean great. i'd love to make another film or something again but it would have to be something i was really passionate about yeah. right. if you're already yeah. teaching film it's liable to just happen mm-hmm. right now this might be an off the wall question. As a, uh, you know, I like that answer. It with uh, you hear about stage mothers, and you hear about um, you know mm-hmm. dads that go to baseball games that get you know a little bit overzealous about their kids and stuff like that. In teaching, do you have to deal with overbearing parents, uh, especially you know with your acting class and stuff? I thought you were going to ask if I was overbearing. That was going to be a hard question to answer because <laughs> um, no. I do. And that is, that is a challenge. It's like, you know, when you feel like you haven't fulfilled your own dream and you put that into your kid, that's it's no bueno, you know? And I think that's part of why I had, I wanted to make this movie because I felt myself kind of getting bitter as a teacher. And I was like, I'm telling them to follow their dream, but I didn't follow mine. And when mm-hmm. I came back from making the movie, it was, it was different. You know, I just had much more sense of security within myself. Uh, but no, not at this school. We don't get a lot of parents like that. No. That's good. Now, um, I know uh, the movie, is it Election with Reese Witherspoon and uh, uh, Matthew Broderick? There's a movie where Reese Witherspoon plays this, um, you know, like super, super like focus. Uh, character and Matthew Broderick absolutely just he's one of her teachers he's like the um he's like the advisor for the maybe the school paper I think I'm not really 100% sure but she's one of those people that's involved in anything she's running for class president and he just absolutely despises her (laughs) right it's really good she does such a job of being an awful person yeah you know, you just know she's that person who's going to run the, uh, uh, she's going to get into one of those manufactured neighborhoods and run the, uh, the. you know, you can't have a, a, a pink 
math on your homeowners associations. Yeah, yeah, right. home, eight, homeowners <laughs> association. That was a great movie. I remember that movie. Yeah, that was right. good. Yeah, well, we mm-hmm. see here in your uh, dialogue bubble mm-hmm. or whatever the reunionfilm.com. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll wind it down here, but yeah. uh, Lisa, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll reserve your question about what any uh, you know any social media or any any other uh, yeah. causes you want to mention before we go. You know, well, and, and that's Lisa, kind of anything? my so, final question. Um, is there anything in specific that you would have liked for us to ask about? Is there something that we missed, which it's entirely possible in the film that you, you know, particularly wanted to get across? I mean, it's a really good movie. It's very watchable. Um, your character is excellent. You know, I mean, all the actors are really good. So thank you. Um, I think the only thing I'd say is, you know, one of my visions around this film was to, to start a conversation around around bullying, you know, because it's really right. what this, was the genesis of this film. And so we're working with a couple of anti-bullying organizations. One in New York is called Super Happy Healthy Kids. You can check mm-hmm. that out. You can Google that. <clears throat> Their information is also on our website and the press page. And then uh, we just uh, we just uh, are in the process of forming a collaboration with an organization in L.A. called Boo to Bullying. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to set up a screening with them of the film and doing a, uh, hoping to do a talk back. And they're also going to potentially come to our school, maybe work with some other schools. Uh, I'm also uh, putting in motion, starting some speaking engagements uh, next year at schools, hopefully around the country, around the topic of bullying and, and finding solutions for bullying and, um, you know, potentially showing some scenes from the film and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, helping to come up with some, you know, some, some solutions to healing the, the problems of, of bullying because, you know, it can get pretty, gets pretty bad. Right. Yeah. Well, I was, um, you know, there's often like a kid that that everybody bullies, you know, that that no one wants to sit with them at lunch and, you know, on everything. I mean, there were a lot of factors involved. I was always the new kid. I was kind of shy. I didn't make friends easily. Um, but I mean, I I have literal emotional and physical scars from being bullied for for like from from first grade into well into junior high and uh and and by physical scars i actually have a scar on my retina from when um a playground full of children stoned me Mm. like they actually threw rocks at me so i mean and i'm 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 a functional adult. I'm not mean to other people. I right. really do. Although I do get, if I see someone in a situation where I think they're being bullied, I get like, I'm like railroading them. I'm like going yes, in I there. Stop that. What are you sure. doing? That's stupid. Yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah, I don't not necessarily bullying yeah. in my class. Right. Oh, sorry that happened. There's a, there's a movie I just saw. Oh, actually, no, no. I think it was mm-hmm. early this, this morning. Yeah. I watched a yeah. documentary called uh, When We Were Bullies. Mm-hmm. And it's about two men in their fifties or sixties <clears throat> who are about to go to their fiftieth fiftieth mm-hmm. uh, reunion for fifth grade, mm-hmm. which is just odd. Yeah. But they're recounting uh, a story of bullying where they participated as bullies, mm-hmm. and they track down some of their classmates to get their um, perspectives on it. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting. It's on yeah. HBO. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a, yeah, a because a lot of the time the bullies, you know, I actually did have someone. Um, who was there when I was in the sixth grade and I was not treated well. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to an affluent school for one year in the sixth grade. So I entered in sixth grade. Um, it didn't help that I was, uh, I was the first girl to get a bra. <laughs> I was 10 uh, and everybody else was like almost 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and the teacher, she, it was an affluent school. It was in an affluent area and we were not rich. So, you know, the teacher didn't care for me until I took this placement test and got the highest score in the history of the school. Then Maybe. all of a sudden I was the teacher's favorite. Which was even worse for you. Yeah. 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 Well, Aaron, I, I had a, I had I a would, bully in elementary school too. Yeah. I used to hide in the bathroom with the lights turned out and try to stuff my head down the toilet. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. How did uh, did he ever succeed? He never quite succeeded, but he 
you know, I, I was, you know, down struggling against the yeah. bowl. So he didn't I have think minions. I drew blood once throwing my head back into his face. Oh, wow, wow. That, well, good. Good sucks. for you. You know what? I'll name names here. Didn't the stop him. Brothers, Scott uh -huh. Bridges, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. I had another yeah. case. Um, after hey, I moved, you're trying to take a, a bathroom break. Blast. <laughs> after I moved, after I moved uh, to the school where I met Phil and that, that was like the first year of junior high in a dis different district. Mm -hmm. There was somebody that at the time I thought was trying to bully me, but um, I came to realize later, like thinking back on all of it as an adult, he was just ask asking questions, trying to get to know me in music mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. But I was so defensive that right. I thought, you know, right. I, I thought he was setting me up for some kind of attack. So right. yeah, Roger yeah, I, Brockman, I, have... I apologize <laughs> for all the, any bad vibes I had toward you. I think you were just trying to be a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did develop a defense mechanism and it made it harder for me to trust people later on, but it also made me more likely to trust people that maybe weren't as trustworthy once I decided to trust them. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is like, serious... I had one friend who stole from me for years and I, kind of knew it she would take money um and i kind of realized it but i i really i didn't want to it's a serious topic yeah, it is and it's one you know as, mm -hmm. as good as your movie is and all the points that we've made about it yeah you know you just brought up probably the most poignant mm -hmm. and and important part of the movie yeah. is the is the bullying angle right. I and mean, it's something we've talked about doing episodes on right before. Because of Lisa's experiences. And and junior high is exactly where a lot of the really horrible bullying occurs. Yeah. That's right. That's where it happened for me. And that's where I, I teach now. I think by high yeah. school a lot of the bullies dropped out. Mm. What's your Yeah, uh, they get a little yeah. they get a little older and settled Yeah, they down matured a little. They get more subtle about it, or they realize they were idiots. No, they, they either they either settled down, or they dropped out of high school, or they're locked right. up in juvie. Or, yeah, remember the remake of Nine Hundred Two One Zero when the cops went to school and the guy and the the guy Channing Tatum was trying to play, uh, you know, he was trying to play a jock, you know, and he was like trying to harass somebody, and all the other students would, uh, you know, set him straight and reminded mm -hmm. him that you know that we're more sophisticated reminded, now. And reminded him that he's thirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think there is an element of kids are a little bit more uh, uh, cognizant of it, or you know, it still yeah. happens though, especially because you got social media that makes it so easy to do it. You know, cyberbullying and stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of kids are very conscious mm -hmm. of it, and, yeah, and and don't allow it to happen to their friends. Yeah. Like and, I, and I guess maybe that is a positive of the uh, the. Uh, participation trophy generation it could be yeah. you know well aaron do you got any uh, last thoughts for dave um no, well we had something we were talking about just before he he came on okay and that's okay. um if uh how much of the blame in this particular case was uh you know did he actually like sleep with yeah, this guy's girlfriend because <laughs> um or i mean yeah i don't know. i don't think he stole the girlfriend i think they i think they were broken up they just they had a kid i think it was still it. fucked up because it was his friend's yeah. ex-girlfriend and right. my character he just didn't you know what i mean he just didn't think yeah. much of it. it was just two different perspectives nobody was wrong right. Right necessarily it was a little bit of both you know what i mean mm. obviously the beatdown probably wasn't worth you know what i mean probably no, didn't yeah match that was the crime was but yeah you don't kill. you don't kind of sleep with your your buddy's I like the, ex i like the blood going need on to wait like a decade the camera work there was kind of cool cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But a lot of a lot of the camera work was good throughout the film mm -hmm. yeah and that the drone cool. shot I, I assume it was a drone or mm -hmm. above the yard was cool too yeah that's like my the, mom's house the, actually the oh, yeah. oh cool very yeah. nice Mm -hmm. I like the trees in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was lovely. It looked yeah. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The girl that he was seeing and, and thought to be cheating with, um, mm -hmm. was she at the reunion? I didn't think so. She was. No, she was. Oh, she was? Yeah. Okay. She was. She was different. She was the drunk one. Yeah. No, not her. No, no. Not her. Okay. No, there was another one who they turned to at one point and say, Hey, Mallory, Hey, Mallory, you know, who did you date senior year? And she says, Oh, yeah. oh well, I dated this one. And then yeah, until she you wasn't know. as, yeah. she wasn't as caring as she was growing up. Yeah. She took a bad yeah. turn somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it just 
you know, although seeing someone beaten to the point where they had to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, well, she was, I, I kind of get the feeling she didn't visit him in the hospital, even, mm-hmm. but she just kind of stepped away from the whole situation. Yeah, I think that's right. That sounds yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of, she was yeah. actually our line producer. The oh, woman yeah. who played Mallory was also our line producer. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Do yeah, you Shannon think it, it's... Double Do you people. think it's possible that um, that Ricky might end up in the same uh, uh, anger management class as his nemesis? I did. Or, huh? You did? I said I did. Yeah? In real life? Wow. Yeah, not class, but therapy. I was years of anger management mm-hmm. therapy because my first couple of years teaching, I would rage. Yeah. And I had to clean that up. And that goes back to childhood, growing up with a rager. Right. And that's what I knew. That's mm-hmm. That's how I reacted yeah. until I became more conscious of it and learned some techniques. You know, and that's part of speaking yeah. about bullying is like, nobody wants to be a bully. Right. Nobody wants to be bullied. You know, hurt people, hurt people. But so people need tools, different mm-hmm. tools that they had and they grew up with, you know, and, uh, and it's doable. It's solvable. You know, I don't, I don't rage yeah. anymore. Once in a while I get angry and I still have my moments. I'm still working on stuff, but it's, mm-hmm. it's much better than it, than it used to be. Yeah. It yeah. takes intentional yeah. practice. Yeah. I, I, and I made a conscious decision um, quite early on to forgive mm-hmm. because the the lack of forgiveness causes me pain and it really doesn't hurt them at all. Sure, it's true. You know, so yeah, resentment. Forgive is and forget. But uh, but like I was saying, there I had a, a a girl kind of, and she wasn't one of the ones that really bullied me, but she recognized me later as adults, and she kind of said, you know, I always thought it was awful the way you know you weren't treated very well and. I felt bad about not, you know, maybe helping. And that was really nice. Yeah. It was kind of cathartic. Good. Now, I don't know if Wendy from sixth grade, I don't know what I'd do if she came up to me. <laughs> maybe I'd roll over her with my wheelchair. <laughs> I'd roll over her foot. Oops. Yeah, sure. You're forgiven. Whatever. All right, David. <laughs> Well, it's been great. It's been great, man. I think yeah, all- thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thank you. Wheelchair this, for you. Like, this is a reunion here. It is a reunion. Yeah, yeah we had a reunion, a reunion of our own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a reunion for yeah. the um. Yeah. For the, yeah, you gotta you gotta get that in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really watchable. It's a great movie. Watchable is exactly what we're going for, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. There's a um, lot of symbolism. So, you can watch it more than once and see different things. It is true. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out the reunionfilm.com. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where you can get all information in the reunion, including where you can purchase or stream the film. Uh, okay. It's on iTunes. It's on Vudu. It's on Google Play. It's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Um, the trailer's on there as well if you want to get a little uh, sneak peek. Any anti-bullying links you want to share? Yeah, yeah. So that's also on our press page, uh, Super Happy Healthy Kids. If you want to donate uh, to their organization, they do a great job in New York uh, working with kids. And then Boot to Bullying uh, is not yet on the website, but will be very soon. We haven't announced the the collaboration, uh, but it's it's coming. So um, stay tuned for our sequel. It's called The Reunion, The Reunion. Okay. (laughs) Super Happy Healthy Kids. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a good evening, okay. man. Thank, Thank you, you for well. coming on again. Right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. All right. Bye. Take care. Have a good Bye. night. You too. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Hey.